The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Here to set you free, happy Friday, thank God it's Friday, but it is Inauguration Day, January 20th, 2017, and between putting our heads on the pillow last night and waking up this morning, we had, as everybody loves to keep calling it, the peaceful transition of power between the outgoing president, Barack Obama, and our incoming new president, hard for me to say, to be quite honest, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, In this hour, we have a lot going on. First and foremost, we have a great guest coming up later in the hour, talk media news, but in between that, wide open telephones. And I want you to get in line now. I want to know, one, if you watched it, two, how you're feeling, three, what you thought of his inauguration speech, all that and more to come in our open telephone segment right here on the only true democracy in talk radio. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Joining us who's been on the show before, I don't believe in 2017 as of yet, is John Nichols. John's a pioneering political blogger. He's written The Beat since 99, and he writes about politics for The Nation magazine as its Washington correspondent. More than a pleasure to have John Nichols joining us. Uh, John, good afternoon. Welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, there were a lot of things that came out uh, from Trump today. Um, uh, first of all, uh, the um, uh, one thing I, I happen to say is see that looking back at other Republicans like Reagan, who Republicans love to put up as their poster child for the GOP, is it me, John, or was this more sounding of a campaign speech, like he was stumping out on the campaign trail? Um, and, uh, you know, it's like he talks about, like, unity and patriotism out of one side of his mouth, but pretty much makes it sound like this country sucks and he'll be the one to get it back on track, even though he says he's going to give the power to the people. I just found um, I didn't think it was a very good speech, and I know I definitely am some bi- you have some bias there. Um, but, but, you know, Reagan talked about all the great things about America and how he would make America greater. Um, and I use him as an example in contrast to Donald Trump. Um, so was it me or was this a bad speech that seemed more like a campaign speech and like, you know, really dissing and dogging our nation with anything prior to him being president of this nation? Well, it was a mercifully short speech. <laughs> And uh, in some ways, we should probably be thankful for that, uh, because every word that he says, uh, everything that, that he does from now on, and, and, and certainly during that speech, he does as President of the United States of America, as one of the most powerful figures in the world. So, you know, all of the Trump spin and, and bombast and, you know, mistakes and errors and falsehoods, you know, any of that, that that comes through now um, comes through as as the official statement of the President of the United States. So um, it's probably good that his speech was short. Um, unfortunately, it was filled with falsehoods. Um, it was, in fact, a campaign speech. Um, it 
it sounded very much as if he still has not adjusted his own head to the fact that he is the president uh, and continues to be fretful about his legitimacy, fretful about whether he has a mandate, uh, because it, it seemed at every turn as if he was trying to convince people of two things. Number one, that America is a hellhole. Uh, that it's just a, a nightmarish sort of a dystopian uh, landscape where, uh, you know, it, literally it's characterized by carnage and, and dissipated dreams and, and horror upon horror. Um, and, converse to that, that everything's going to be great in very short order. Um, now, anybody who knows anything about America or about any big country realizes that um, if it is, in fact, you know, a living hell, uh, it's not going to get better momentarily. And so it, it was a bizarre speech in that regard. He, he didn't, um, you know, kind of fill in the, the, the storyline. He didn't give us the, the sense of, of who he is or where he wants to go. He just went back to core talking points. I think that's why it was so very short. Uh, but the last thing I would say about it, and, and perhaps this is the one that, um, that may be least discussed, but most significant. It was a isolationist speech in many ways. It was a inward-looking domestic speech. Uh, perhaps one of the most inward-looking and domestically focused speeches ever given by a new president. And because this president's relations to other countries, to leaders in other places, are so complex and so troubling in many senses because they feed into so many concerns about him. His failure to discuss America's place in the world, how it will relate to longtime allies, to countries with which we have had disputes, to trouble spots around the world, uh, to Russia, to China, to Europe, to Canada, to Southern Asia, to uh, Latin America. I mean, this guy just didn't bother. And that's, it suggests to me, someone who really has not yet focused on the job that he is assuming. Uh, it is, in many senses, almost the opposite of a uh, speech you might have heard not just from Barack Obama, but from George W. Bush or from uh, any modern president. What about people that say, John, that, uh, you know, there are people out there who are like, this is not a guy making apologies. I mean, there are people out there who want to be like, we're American, pound our chest, G.I. Joe, Clint Eastwood with guns blazing. And that's what, you know, and that's, I think, a lot of the people, uh, unfortunately, who voted for him, um, that's what they want to hear um the 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 problem is there are some of us like me you you know others uh, on the left and not even necessarily on the left that want to hear some truth and a lot of this is just still puffing out the chest and bravado it amazes me when he says he's going to give the power back to the people because you know the people didn't want him to be president (laughs) that aside um the people don't want public education defunded the people don't want planned parenthood defunded the people don't want roe v wade overturned the people don't want obamacare repealed and replaced the people 
uh, don't want a wall. The people want immigration reform but don't want to break up families and send people back, especially children, individuals who've been here a long time uh, that aren't criminals. The list goes on. So that's a bunch of hogwash, isn't it? Well, I mean, I think also the suggestion that you're going to do this with a bunch of billionaires. And, you yeah, know, the people he's talking about, walk. right, the people he's talking about are corporate. To me, he's yeah. giving he's giving the country back to the corporatists. Well, I'm not sure they really lost control of it. So, uh, true, so, true. You know, he's giving them more of it. And uh, so, you know, there's so many false narratives in there. And uh, what I would suggest to you is I'm going to differ with you on one thing. You said, well, maybe, you know, his supporters wanted to hear this. I doubt that most of the people who voted for Donald Trump wanted a speech this vapid and this empty. I mean, I, I will give you that there are... See, I, I disagree with you, John. I think it's all, it all comes down to in this country, whether it's the, 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 the person, the party, the perception. Okay, for example, yeah. Jimmy Carter and Warren Christopher brokered the deal to release the hostages from Iran. They did all the work. Ronald Reagan gets the credit because of the timing. Donald Trump will take the credit for an economy that is already turning around, that will continue to turn around based on the work and the efforts of the last eight years under a Democratic president and administration. Um, and, and, and to me, um, he, he just will like, he, he will, he loves to talk about crowds, but not when he had 10,000 and Barack Obama had uh, 400,000 attend the inauguration. And, and he's a true narcissist, so he, he always spins it in a way the people want to hear it and choose to believe the spin rather than the truth, it seems. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still push back on you here. I'm going to okay. suggest to you that there are certainly Trump backers who meet your description and meet that description. But remember, this guy got 46% of the vote. He was defeated by any, any fair measure. He didn't get a majority of the vote. He didn't get a plurality of the vote. Um, his main opponent beat him by 3 million votes. But he did get 46% of the vote of Americans. That's a huge number of Americans. And I think in that, in that number of people that voted for him, there are certainly folks who want the bombast and want the, the simplicity. But I, I will suggest to you that this, was a, this speech was a disappointment even for some of his backers, because I think there were people who wanted to have some assurance that this guy, that there was more to this guy than just the cartoon. And this speech didn't get beyond the cartoon. And, and so where we end up is that, you know, I've, been to, I've done a number of interviews about the speech afterwards. Um, certainly this will be the best. Um, but, uh, you know, every one of them, everybody was speculating about, what he thought about this or what he thought about that or what he would do here or what he would do there. Because here he was given the ultimate bully pulpit, the biggest bully pulpit you could possibly have, the inauguration as president of the United States, the whole world watching. And, you know, he took like 15 minutes and basically repeated simplistic talking points from his campaign. Yep, no, I'm with um, you. That's not sufficient. I agree. And that's not, it's insufficient for the progressive community. It's also insufficient for conservatives. No, very, um, very true, John. We're on a weird roller coaster.
I agree. We are up against a break, John. We will have you back on again uh, very soon here in our new time with our new format on the only true democracy in talk radio. John Nichols, he writes about politics for The Nation magazine. He's their Washington correspondent. He also is a political blogger. He's been writing The Beat since 1999. Check out The Nation's website, thenation.com. You can read all his great stuff out of D.C. Uh, regarding the political world on Twitter. Follow him at Nichols Uprising, N-I-C-H-O-L-S Uprising, and follow the nation at the nation. We're going to take a break. When we come back, coming right to your phone calls, fill up my phone lines. I paid the bill for you to have that free number so we can talk. We need to talk about Donald Trump's inauguration today. Did you watch it? If you saw the speech or heard portions of it, did you like anything about it? Didn't you? How are you feeling? I want to get a bit of the temperature from uh, those of you, most of my audience, who are not Trump supporters, and even some of you that are. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join me on Twitter. Follow me there, at Leslie Marshall, back after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6LESLIE. Leslie Marshall. This is the day of the inauguration. Donald Trump is our president. He was sworn in earlier today. Here is Donald Trump being sworn in as number 45. Cut one, Andrew. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States the office of President of the United States and will to the best of my ability and will to the best of my ability preserve, protect and defend preserve, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States the Constitution of the United States so help me God so help me God congratulations Mr. President And uh, second, this was one of Trump's uh, pieces from his speech talking about America, America, America. Number two, Andrew. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, It's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never 
ever let you down. Well, uh, many of us hope that uh, to a degree. The problem is Donald Trump has already lied about that. It was not America first with his companies where the majority of his goods are manufactured in Asian countries such as China, uh, Japan, uh, Malaysia, uh, and also in uh, India, Bangladesh, and Mexico. Uh, let's go to your calls. Want to know what you thought of the speech? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And most presidents talk about what a great nation we have and how to make it greater. Did Trump do that? Or did you feel he painted a very grim picture of the United States of America? Pick up the phone and join us, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's start it out with Tammy in Albuquerque, New Mexico, line four, listening on KABQ Radio. Hey, Tammy, good afternoon. Hi. Um, I thought that his speech was sad, and everything he said could boomerang and hit him right in the face, because... He, like you just said, he he outsourced all his industry, including his daughter's fashion, and he brought in illegals to work for him. He did not pay workers that built his casinos and his hotels. Um, everything he said was exactly what he's done in his life wrong, and now he's going to fix it all. So... He's got a lot of fixing because um, he's the, the worst one to make America not great. So I was very disgusted with his speech. I don't like him. I think he's a puppet of billionaires and Russia, and he's going to continue with the swamp and the snakes and everything else, the sewer uh animals that he's putting in as his cabinet. They're all against the agencies that they're going to represent. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, this is a fiasco. It's, it's, a, it's a bad dream. It's uh, scary. But we're going to stand up and fight, and we don't want any, we don't want Dapple, and water is life, and we're going to win the war. And we're fighting the battles now. Okay, I appreciate that, Tammy. I just got to say, I wish people had fought the damn battle on November 8th. And Tammy, I don't mean to sound like a damn pessimist, but I don't have much faith in my fellow Democrats in midterms. When you look at historically how most of us sit on our asses, and that's females, Hispanics, African Americans, and the youth in the midterms. Can't do that coming up, folks. If you really want to resist, if you really want to fight, tweeting, hashtagging is not enough. Even picking up the phone and calling congressional members that are largely Republican and bending over for Donald Trump, that's not enough. We have got to use action, not just our voices and certainly not just our fingers and keystrokes. We're going to take a break coming right back to you talking about the inauguration of Donald J. Trump, our 45th president of the United States.
Happy Friday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Today was the inauguration. We have a new president. President Barack Obama has uh, left the White House. He will not be our president. He has served his two terms. And the 45th president today was sworn in Donald J. Trump. Uh, Some of you watched it. Some of you watched in disbelief. Some of you could not watch. I myself didn't want to, but have to for my job. Uh, And it was very hard for me. I must say it was very hard for me. I, I can't. Hillary Clinton just did an amazing job standing there. But we are talking about Donald Trump's inauguration and his speech. I'm Leslie Marshall. Pick up the phone and join us. Getting to your calls in just a minute. Um, This is Donald Trump calling out Washington elites, saying transferring power back to the people, but he's appointed five Goldman Sachs individuals. So some people think, no, he's giving the country back to the corporatists, if it even left. This is cut three. Today's ceremony, however has very special meaning. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, A small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. And while they celebrated in our nation's capital, there was little to celebrate for struggling families all across our land. That all changes starting right here and right now, because this moment is your moment. It belongs to you. I was shocked at that because, I mean, he is a true narcissist, we all know, and really we all know that this moment is about him, for him. I honestly don't even know how he's going to do the job once the cameras aren't rolling, there aren't microphones in his face and bright lights, and there aren't the parties in the fanfare. In other words, when he gets down to business of doing the job he gets today, which he says he will start on Monday. Uh, we're going to go to the phones. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's go to Jim in Baltimore, Maryland, line two, listening on Tune In. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Leslie. Well, um, the first thing about that speech I just read on www.democraticunderground.com, that his first act was he rescinded a decrease in the uh, scheduled decrease in the FHA mortgage insurance premium. So for those of you that are uh, on you know, have to have mortgages insured by the FHA, your uh, cost just went up uh, per month. So he right out of the box, didn't exactly make things better. Uh, the second thing he's not deciding, all those companies he's talking about that are sending the jobs overseas, those are uh, decisions that are made by the corporate heads of American companies, by the people that run these corporations. And guess 
most of them, we would agree, are Republicans. So, the, and that code word about returning power to the people from Washington, that's a, uh, that's a Republican code word so where, whereby they're going to cut consumer protections, such as the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, and also the regulations implemented by Dodd-Frank in order to protect uh, people's investments through their 401k and other plans in the market. So I don't know that this populism is getting off to such a good start here. Oh, I agree with you. And more will be to come. Do you do you think, because, I mean, one thing that he does quite well is he takes truth and makes it seem that they're lies. He takes lies and makes it seem that they're truth. And much like Lemmings, his supporters or people that are nodding in agreement with him uh, very blindly um, believe the lies to be true and the truth to be lies. So, therefore, even though they may say, wow, my bills went up, if he says they haven't gone up, will they be so blind to continue to believe this, or do you think they really will at some point wake up to what has happened here and who he is and what he plans to do? Well, you write the checks for bills yourself every month, and if I tell you your cost of certain things haven't gone up, who are you going to believe what I tell you? or what you see when you compare your check this month to you, the check that you wrote last month. I mean, uh, reality is still reality. It doesn't matter what he says or what I say or anyone else's. I mean, you know, the facts are right there. All right. Uh, anything- I mean, what it, what it was, though, the whole big secret is there's a lot of people for various reasons that are unhappy with their uh, current situation that he, um, you know, appealed to a lot of people in those Rust Belt towns. If you read a book that's called, um, it's about Ali Quippa, a small town up in Pennsylvania called Playing Through the Whistle, there's a lot of steel industries that close, close down and a lot of jobs that moved out. Not, not so much overseas. It was because of automation, for one thing, computers, for another thing, and certain people that didn't have the skills uh, to adjust, those jobs aren't coming back, so they're hurting in these small towns. They blame a lot of it on this trade, and that's what he appealed to during the campaign. He says the jobs are shipped overseas, so I'm going to bring your jobs back through tariffs. Um, Ironically, most of those tariff policies and trade agreements have been pushed by Republicans, if you look at, you know, the historical record. But... They say this is a plain guy, even though he's a billionaire. I mean, he's got nothing to do with those people socially in any sense of the word. But uh, that appealed to what people really wanted to believe, I suppose, and they voted for him. Yep, this is a tweet from Mark Rich, who says, Leslie, great speech calling out everyone, totally real, with no favorites, but the American people, the rules have changed. Uh, They're blind. His favorite is himself. I don't even think his children. I think himself. Okay, Um, and and quite frankly, the people he's appointing and decisions he'll make will benefit him and anything that has the name Trump on it worldwide. And I think I will be found right after four years. God forbid, eight. Uh, You know, we will see uh, what happens with that. Uh, Thank you for uh, the call um, there. Uh, Thank you for that. Uh, Jim in Baltimore. Let's go to Tim in Asheville, North Carolina, listening on 880, the revolution on the radio. Hey, Tim, good afternoon and welcome. Hey, uh, I'm a high school English teacher. Uh, I teach uh, American literature. And um, 
I, I watched with keen interest today, and I can say definitively that this was not Lincoln's first inaugural. <laughs> and I, saw him, I saw him working so hard at his desk on this speech that I really thought he was going to kind of elevate uh, the discourse. But uh, I think he fell short today. Are you a Trump supporter? I am not. Oh, no. Uh- Okay. No, no, no. no. I, I, asked, I asked because we had an earlier caller, or actually our guest, John Nichols, who said he thinks some Trump supporters were disappointed with the speech today. As a matter of fact, if you do support Trump and you were disappointed with the speech at the inauguration, I'd be curious to hear from you and as to why 8886 Leslie. Okay, I agree with you. Not uplifting. It was sort of like everybody get your razor blades out. Well, and it's just, it's just the opposite of what's actually happening. You know, that his supporters don't watch C-SPAN. They haven't been following the appointments. But they will tune into the news and see him uh, see him say he's for the people. Uh, but they're not, you know, like you just mentioned, these are lemmings. And, and I don't think lemmings ever kind of come to and, uh, and take pause and say, wait a minute. I think Fox News is going to have to turn on him um, before the lemmings do. I don't think they will, and you know I'm a contributor there. <laughs> but thank yeah. you, thank you for uh, thank you for your call, and I hope to talk to you again soon, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, let's continue with uh, more calls. Uh, that was Tim, and up next is Karen in Massachusetts, line four, listening on WHMP Radio. Hey, Karen, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Leslie. <laughs> Quite an interesting day. <laughs> yes, I have to say, uh, to, to, to you guys all know, I had um, I had a flat tire the other day, and I had to have a spare put on. Thank you, AAA. They're awesome. And um, I uh, have to do some driving this weekend. There's a lot of rain here in Los Angeles, very slippery, a lot of accidents. So I needed to have uh, the uh, other tire replaced, spare put back in the back kind of thing. And um, I was sitting at the dealership where I was getting mm-hmm. my car serviced. And it was interesting because it was a TV and half the room sitting away from the TV so they can't see. The other half's <laughs> watching. And I tweeted this, I think. I saw the faces. Some people were smiling. Some were laughing. Right. Some looked horrified. And I saw one woman even crying. I don't know if there were tears of joy or if there was sadness. Right. Um, but so, so when you, you say this, it was – I ha- I – had to watch it for my job, but I would have heard it even if I didn't want to watch it because of where I was. So, t- so tell me your thoughts today. Good afternoon, Karen. Yes, good afternoon. Um, well, I'm in education, Leslie, um, and it, 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 this whole thing is just, as a co- college-educated woman that, and mind you, it's a Massachusetts liberal education that I, that I received with a husband that was in the Air Force who did three tours of duty, we have very different perceptions of this whole thing that has sort of, you know, unfolded. He, he's an in, extremely intelligent man, even if he may not be college-educated. But what he perceived from that speech and what I perceived were very different. I work with special needs children, and I look at these appointments, and I, I'm terrified, not for myself, but for these children and their families, but I also, I understand my husband, he felt inspired by the speech, and he, he, he heard what he needed to hear, um, and I understand that as a veteran, and, and he also used to be a civilian police officer, um, but I was very uninspired by it. And, and having been educated in all kinds of, you know, sociology, psychology, abnormal psych, yes, he is a, the text 
book narcissist and that he can say these things and then say like a, a bad or a good SNL skit. No, I didn't say that. Yes, you did say that. And his interests are with only himself and his cronies and his business interests and, and, and putting money in the pockets of everyone else. And everyone knows it. And people, there's dissension in the ranks. There's, and you know what? We need to organize. We need to organize. And, and I understand, you know, Obama's a class act and that, you know what, let's, it's a transfer of power, let's let it be peaceful. But at the same time, I mean, this guy, come on. I'm, I know. I'm with you 100%. All right, Karen, thank you. I look forward to hearing from you again. And thank you for all of you educating our children. I have an eight- and nine-year-old. I don't have the patience to do it. Bless your heart uh, for those that do. Let's go to Maria in Phoenix, Arizona, Line 1, listening on KPHX Radio. Hi. How you doing, Maria? Hey, Leslie. Love your show. Thank um, you. So kind of like a two-part. You know, uh, when Trump was talking about draining the swamp, all he basically did was put bigger gators in the swamp, and all the American people are going to feed on the bones because that's all we're going to be left with, number one. Number two, anyone who voted for Trump, when the crap hits the fan, you look at yourself for that. If you didn't vote, you look at yourself for that. If you voted third party, you you look at yourself for that. Because what people did was highly irresponsible. I totally get that sometimes your people get frustrated, they're angry, they don't see an outlet, and that judges or affects their judgment, and we end up with a buffoon like the one we have today. So thank you for hearing me out. Let me vent. I love your show. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Andrew, how much time do we have, sweetie? Oh, okay, great. Let's take some, uh, no, 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 no problem, sweetie. Uh, let's take some more calls and uh, let's go to Charlie, who's calling on line two, uh, also from Phoenix. Hey, Charlie, good afternoon. Hi. I was just curious, did anybody verify that a couple of hours ago said that we don't find a thing that was going to raise the insurance rate on uh, FHA? Oh, well, I'm on the radio right now, so we, well, can, do, right. we, we, we can do all the verification of, of the claims uh, after the show. But, no, I haven't verified it while I'm on the air with you right now. Well, it's called the First Amendment. Actually, you can say anything you want to say. I'm not reporting what you, you – I'm not, if, you, if you want to call me out for reporting something that's not true or that isn't a fact, that's fine. That's something that he stated. We, of course, would follow up if it wasn't true, as we always have for more than a decade. Well, I really believe that people with money are Republicans. Oh, that's so funny. Sweetheart, no. No, I'll be very frank with you. If you saw how much I made, a lot of people think when you work on TV, you make a lot. But you have to remember, I don't host a show. I'm not even, no, no, no. I'm not, hello, hello. If If you're going to, you don't, you want truth with that caller, but you don't want truth with you. Neither my husband or I make a million. Neither my husband and I have ever made a million separately or jointly. Sorry to disappoint you. I would love to have that much money. But that's just not the reality. Yeah, and just so you know, I'm not an employee of Fox. I'm a you know freelancer, contracted, uh, paid talking head. 
And believe me, that is uh, doesn't come with benefits. You're not as high on the uh, food chain. I'm not hosting a show. And uh, many people who are pundits on, on every network, myself included, prior to 2009, aren't even paid at all. You're called a guest, which means you don't have to be paid legally. It's a nice legal way around paying people. And then when they marry you, so to speak, whichever network, they have different words. At Fox, it's a contributor. I think MSNBC calls them, uh, you know, uh, a- analyst. I think CNN calls them analyst. Everybody has their term. Uh, but no, I'm not. As a matter of fact, a lot of people I know who want to, quote, be paid to be pundits uh, when they find, find out what some of these networks pay uh, for somebody who's a talking head, uh, they're usually very shocked. There's a reason all of us who are, not all of us, most of us who are pundits have another job. We don't just have the job as a uh, pundit. Uh, appreciate your call. Uh, and uh, you know what? We couldn't hear him very well either. Uh, we have just have uh, one minute left. I don't want to leave it with something from Donald Trump, but I do want to leave you with this. If you truly want to give this guy a chance, give him a chance. If you truly are affected by this election and you want change, do something to bring about that change. But without our votes, again, our phone calls to talk stations like mine, to congressional members, tweets even directly to the president himself are not going to change that. Even You even see when an overwhelming majority of people in this country want immigration reform, we still don't have it. So unless you elect people that echo your sentiments... This will not change. And I can't say this enough, strongly enough. I'm not going to be able to say it every day for the next two years. Because in a year, some of you who are marching tomorrow in D.C. or have marched or angry or cried this morning will not feel as PO'd as you do today. So don't forget that. Anybody listening to me, you have got to vote in every election. Because it matters on a local level, on a state level, as much as it does on a federal level. You can't just wait every four years and come out once everything's gone to hell in a handbag. Donald Trump will be president for four years. The composite of the House and the Senate can change in two. That's up to you and me. But I will be there voting. I'm Leslie Marshall. By the way, Marky Mark's daughter, his second little girl, was born. Sophia was born yesterday, and he was thrilled because he wanted her to be born in the Obama administration as opposed to the Trump, and she was. Smart little Demo. She came out a Democrat early. And Andrew's here with us for the next couple of weeks while Mark's taking some paternity leave, family leave. Um, Have a great uh, rest of the day. We're with you Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We're going to take a break, and when we come back, Talk Media News, live from our nation's capital. Don't go away. She 
Washington bureau chief for Talk Media News, Ms. Ellen Ratner. Ellen, a new day, a new president, the 45th. Donald Trump was sworn into office today. And uh, I know that you attended the inauguration and there were a lot of uh, notes uh, that you took and things you provided. First of all, Hillary Clinton was there. Uh, Whether you like her or not, I think it was very hard uh, for her to be there. I commend her for that. I thought it was quite professional. And wearing the suffragette color of white once again. Well, yes. And what was very interesting is that he did not thank her during the speech, which we thought he would. He did thank her after afterwards at the luncheon, uh, and he was very gracious. I do have to say that about Hillary Clinton. Okay, thank you. We are out of time. Ellen Ratner, Talk Media News.